Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for whoa, 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 Wednesday, August 19th. My name, of course, is if you couldn't tell by the wacky, stupid intros I always do, uh, is Javier Reyes, your host of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, right? Uh, check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have. And I might just answer them right here on the show or just on Twitter or whatever. Let's just talk and be Padres fans together, I guess. Whatever you guys want, right? Today's episode is also, guys, brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Go check it out. And today's episode, uh, pretty cool. Uh, Continuing my talk with uh, Bryce Paterik of Lockdown Rangers. Um, The episode's slightly out of date now since we did record on Monday, but we basically just talked about our thoughts heading into the series about the Rangers and what have you, and on part two of this, we kind of get into uh, the Padres' bullpen and some, basically the two keys, the two aspects that either both of our teams are looking forward to the most as part of this series. Obviously, this happened all before the whole Tatis explosion thing, so, uh, you know, just keep that in mind. Um, and then at the end of the podcast, guys, or I should say at the end of the discussion, this part two discussion, I'm going to give a couple of my thoughts on tonight's game and maybe just, just a couple of notes that I have. Uh, from yesterday's game that happened, and just some some thoughts, right? Just to make it a little bit current and whatnot for you guys. So, uh, without further ado, though, before all that, of course, let's get into the interview with Mr. Bryce Paterik, my homie. He's great. Here we go. What are like? Let's like kind of encapsulate this series now. What are you think like three or I don't know, not even three, just like two, one or two things that you're looking for. You're going to be watching from the Rangers, uh, like maybe for them to win potentially this series, maybe just tonight's game, whatever. And then I'll give my own too. Um, well, the main thing I'm watching, well, it's, it's always Joey Gallo. Like that's the answer. Like in any mm-hmm. Rangers game, I'm always watching what Joey Gallo is doing. Um, and he had a really rough week last week. He, um, there was a whole week in between him getting a hit. He had the game winning home run against the angels. Um, mm-hmm. The Rangers have won three series in a row, which before, um, last weekend series um, against the Angels where they swept, um, they had not won a series all year. And they were just coming off a sweep in Oakland and looked terrible. But they've won three series in a row. They almost swept this one. Um, they really almost did, even though they lost 10 to ten to 6. They had the uh, tying run there at the plate um, and just got unlucky with the liner off the pitcher um, with two outs to end the game and the bases loaded. Anyway, but Gallo had a home run yesterday, um, and he's looked a little bit better. He wasn't quite himself. He's been putting a lot of pressure on himself. But I need to see Gallo come out and start uh, being hotter on offense. Um, I'm really looking forward to, like, Mike Miner is a real question. I think his start's going to be huge. He was pretty good in his last start, but he was pulled after four innings because he was suffering from dead arm. Even though he hadn't allowed an earned run, he was or any runs, actually, at that point. He was a little unhappy to be pulled out early. Um, so that's going to be big to see how he does. Um, and then the second base battle. that Right now, that's the main storyline for Texas. Rugnet Odor is on his last leg. Um, Derek Dietrich was brought in. His first game, he had a three-hit performance. Um, it was on base four times, which was huge for the Rangers. Also, in uh, the Saturday game, he had his first home run of the year, a three-run bomb that ended up being the difference in the Rangers winning um, in the eighth inning, which was huge, obviously. Um, 
but his defense is still like trash. Rugno Odor has three errors in like I think ten games um, that he's played. Excellent. Maybe twelve. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and his offense. We'll get into him in a second. My, my history with him. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's horrid. Um, but he had a, a decent day offensively yesterday. He had a walk and a home run, which I don't think he's had more than like five of those games where he had a walk and a home run in a single game. <laughs> so the the big keys are. The second base battle, who's starting every day? Like, what does that look like? When are they going to be like, all right, enough of you, Rignudo Dor? Um, also, Danny Santana's back. Um, early, he's, <laughs> he's off the IL. He was supposed good. to be the Rangers' starting center fielder. He did low-key, like, was really, really good last year. For, like, the month mm-hmm. of June and July, um, he was hitting, like, something crazy, like 370. He had a career-high... 28 home runs which he'd never had more than like six or seven in a season before mm-hmm. um but the rangers played him basically everywhere this year they're like hey you're playing center field every day we're gonna give you a home that's where you're gonna be you're gonna hit somewhere in the top three of the order um and he was basically hurt all the like way from the jump um put up really bad numbers for a week and then went on the il and finally came off yesterday so We'll see what that looks like, but that would be big in meaning Nick Solak, who has been in center field, might be moving to second base, which honestly, he's not that great defensively, but he doesn't have three errors this year mm-hmm. like Rugnet Odor, and he's been the Rangers, I don't know, third best offensive player so far this season. Um, he's been really big for them. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what to look for for the Rangers. They're kind of hot right now. Um, didn't think they would be hot at all this season. Honestly thought everything was going to be doom and gloom after how trash the offense was for the first basically two weeks of the season. But I don't know. The Rangers might be turning it around and they're catching the Padres at what seems like a good time to catch them because they played them before that, that Dodgers series. It looks like they would have been in trouble, but what are we looking for, for, for the Padres in this series? I'd say the two main things I'm looking forward to, like you said, I'm looking forward to the Lance Lennon's and Nelson Lamette game, just in terms of as a baseball fan, excited for it. But I already know about Lamette. I already know he's great. Um, I think that he's just proven everybody who thought he was a sleeper, right? So that's great. I think the two things that I'm going to be looking at is how they're going to fill in for Tommy Pham. And then the other thing is if Chris Paddock can have a genuinely, like, honestly, just a quality start. Like in the definition of it, just go six innings, not give up more than three runs. And the key is going to be seeing, can he rack up some strikeouts, especially with that lineup, especially even with guys like, you know, Joey Gallo, who tends to strike out a good amount, which doesn't always affect him because he can take a walk every now and then he's got the power. But uh, this is like a good potential bounce back lineup for him, especially as compared to the Dodgers. Right. So I'm really that I would argue that's the the player I'm going to be eyeing the most. And the next thing is. It's just seeing what the heck is going on with this Padres death because now that fam is basically gone for the rest of the year, they've got Edward Alvarez who's probably going to fill in for him. And, you know, I just want to see what they're going to do there. And I'm hoping that Will Myers is back. I know, crazy to say that I'm hoping Will Myers is back, but he's been really good for us this season. So I don't know. There's nothing. Yeah, he's been really good. Oh, yeah, his OPS is at like 950, bro. (laughs) Just go look it up. He's been amazing this year. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm not entirely sure what it is. Um, I've heard some people say, oh, it's it's because he's he's not he's able to tune out the trade talk now. He's able to just ignore it and he's in a better state of mind. I'm like, I mean, okay, if that's true, then great. But uh and Eric Hosmer's good now, apparently. So that's awesome. Huh. Uh Eric Hosmer. Yeah, it, it like, you see, right? Crazy, right? I mean, the, <laughs> his he had a home run with the launch angle of 30 yesterday, and he usually it's around like 
like freaking 15 for him. You know what I mean? So I, and I watched his swing. Like you could go look, <laughs> I know, I know. I love how like nerdy and crazy this is. Uh, like you could go watch his uh, home run that he hit yesterday and watch how he swung the bat. You're like, oh, huh. That's not exactly what I'm used to see for Eric Hosmer. So maybe after two years of basically neglecting to kind of change his approach a little bit, uh, maybe he's starting to, and maybe Eric Hosmer is all of a sudden not going to be the worst first baseman in the league, which he quite literally has been uh, by almost by almost every metric, <laughs> and he's made the most errors. I, I love on the broadcast. every If you ever listen to any um, broadcast that isn't just the Padres broadcast, because they already said, have said it enough, right? In my experience, every other team, they're like, hey, you know, Eric Hosmer, like he has multiple gold gloves. And then, and then the other person goes like, yeah, but it's, and it's odd for someone who has so many gold gloves, he's made the most errors of any first baseman the past few seasons. (laughs) Like every, every announcer crew's like discovery of how not great Eric Hosmer is, is one of the finer delights. And since we're playing the Rangers, I definitely am expecting a good call on that. I'm looking forward to the, wait, why is, and they're like, despite being more that, so I'm looking forward to the realization of that, God, but if we're, if we're he lucky, has been good for them. if we're lucky, we'll get, we'll get Tom grieve on this call. Um, <laughs> Tom, there, there are two color commentary guys. One is CJ Nitkowski, which, uh, I have a lot of thoughts on CJ Nitkowski and very few of them are positive or flattering towards him. Um, mm-hmm. but the Rangers play by play guy, um, Dave Raymond is a delight. And Tom Grieve was the former general manager of the Rangers back in like the nineties. He's the one who made the call to sign Pudge Rodriguez. So like immediately love, he's like basically your baseball, like grandpa, like he's very like wholesome (laughs) and like happy. And like, he's surprisingly like with the times for someone his age, like he's just an absolute delight. And um, he's on like maybe 20, 30 games a year, but whatever he does, he had the, um, the Angels series um, where the Rangers swept. So I, I don't think that's a coincidence that the Rangers are undefeated so far in Tom Grieve games, but oh, that's nice. I don't know. who knows about that? <laughs> that's kind of pleasant. Uh, but yeah, I'd say those are like the main things with the Padres. Cause the, and the other thing is probably going to be um, just the bullpen. It was a concern at the beginning of the season, just because it was so bad at the beginning It single-handedly lost to so many games. And then you saw what happened yesterday. The bullpen was kind of calming down though, after they played the D backs and a little bit of the Dodgers series, even where it's like, Oh great. Pagan is going to be what we traded for. And Yates, you know, he struck out three guys, which is great. Right. Even though he did give up a home What's run to with, Bellinger with Cal um, Quantrill. Is he, um, so Quantrill was pretty good. I'm wondering if yesterday he is, he's a reliever right now. It's basically since they sent down Joey Lucchese, uh, it looks like he's mm. kind of their, uh, like their fifth starter. It probably, I would say their, their rotation is, I mean, Good, it's not going I, I in really this like order. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Quantra is one of these guys that, uh, but for, first of all, the, the, the rotation, it's not in order, but it probably is like Paddock, Lament, Richards, and then Davies. And then the fifth slot is probably a combination of, Quantrill and then somebody else. It's usually Matt Strom, who's been pretty solid mm-hmm. for them this season. Um, Quantrill, basically, I described him heading into the season as this guy who's the, uh, it's like kind of a make it or break it season where the hype was on him for sure, but he was really, oh, yeah. really bad last year uh, in the starting role. And I think that it's kind of cool. I love when they put guys in the bullpen to kind of like ease them up and see what happens, right? And he's been pretty good so far. I mean, yesterday, let me just pull it up really quickly. He goes, <clears throat> or not yesterday why am i looking at yeah it was yesterday okay there we go um he he was pretty decent all things considered um like it is and strom was great too so i'm not actually as cons- it's so funny i'm not i don't care about the starting pitching that was what everyone was worried about but he goes 3.2 <laughs> 
only one run, you know, five hits, but like none of them were particularly hit all that hard. And he does get five strikeouts. So 2.92 ERA on the year. I'm thinking that he's making a bid for that last starter spot. He's making a bid for it right now. But I think that the team is also with how many relievers they're stocking up on. They're probably content with just using him uh, in the bullpen role. Maybe give us three or four innings for now. Um, it's just the problem has been everybody else. Pagan has not been good. Yates is hurt, right? And Pomerantz. Pomerantz is the the closer right now, and he hasn't allowed a run this year. He's looked excellent. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> this is why interleague, interleague crossovers are great. I'm sorry. Oh yes, goodness. Drew Pomerantz That's is awesome insane. now. Yeah, Drew Pomerantz is in the bullpen. He's awesome, man. People thought they overpaid for him, but honestly, he's the only thing they haven't paid for uh, heading into this, um, overpaid for heading into this uh, season. I mean, he's he's just been excellent. I think he's only walked like two guys. He's been he's just been so automatic, basically, in every respect of it. I don't know what, like, it's just, but it's, the Padres hype seems to be not as a fun team, but as a contender. Like you said, they're one spot out. It's just, I don't really know. I don't know what they're going to do about the fam and the Yates and the, if Paddock is bad again, then there's a little bit more of a concern and there's already concerned right now. That's right, guys. You hear the the vroom, vroom, vroom. You can just tell. You feel it in your soul, right? That's what's so great about cars when they're working and stuff. And you know what? Cars aren't always the easiest things to monitor and manage, let me tell you. So it's a good thing that the homies over at rockauto.com got you covered. Rockauto.com, first and foremost, guys, is a family business. Dominic Toretto would be proud. He would be thrilled. I mean, he would just love it, right? So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, whatever you might want. They've got it. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door, right? That's that's right. It's, it sounds pretty cool, right? It's, it's pretty great. The rockout.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Just check it out. It's really great. And let me tell you, as someone who doesn't know anything about cars, the last thing I would want is a website that confuses me even more. They see all the parts for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. It helps you out with all that. And best of all, best of all, aside from the ease, aside from the family business, all this stuff, rockout.com, their prices, they're always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why in the world would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Does that make any sense to you? Just go, just go. Just say it to yourself. Go. All right. Ask yourself. You got it, right? See, it doesn't make any sense, now does it? So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com we haven't even talked about Profar yet. Damn it. I like I knew we, we haven't even yeah. talked about how he's my okay, take like, on him, right? Um, there's like there's like three things that one like quick thing. I want to talk on Luis 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 Patino. It looks like he's been bad so far this season. Yeah. I saw like a couple of appearance or I think his first appearance where yeah, he, he had just that the... absolutely he's got nasty stuff. Like absolutely does, nasty stuff. And I think he'll be fine eventually because he's 20. Um, but let's just <laughs> Before we go, let's t- we got to touch on the middle infield because I will not leave this this uh, discussion without talking about how great Fernando Tatis Jr. has been. Um, <laughs> but let's let's go let's go to Jerkson Profar first. Um, last year he had an okay season for the A's, but the main story with him it looked like he had like almost the yips of throwing to first base. Um, yeah, how mm-hmm. has he been? 
throwing wise and defensively because that was oh, supposed god. to be his calling card coming up <laughs> oh god is um, it bad <laughs> it's not Can you good. Slide me and say it's good so first of all I he just, made an error I, when they played him in left they, he made an error when they uh, they played a left. He dropped like a pretty. Uh, it was Justin Turner's one thousandth hit actually in the Dodgers series. But granted, it's left. Okay, whatever. Blah blah blah. I was still concerned to see him playing there, but I guess every now and then Tinkler's kind of messing with the lineup a little bit. Uh, he had one of the worst throws to first uh, in the Dodgers series. I don't think I saw a video of it. It completely took uh, Cronenworth off the bag. I think it was Cronenworth off the bag. So, yeah, defensively, he hasn't been very good. I mean, I think he made, like, a, a lot of errors for the A's last year, too. I just... Oh, um was a crap ton. Look, I was not... He's kind of got the Buxton thing going. Now, Buxton, I know, is having a good season right now. I've, I've been checking. The one year I don't draft him in fantasy baseball, he's doing good. Go figure. Um, he's been, <laughs> He kind of reminds me of, of the Buxton, where, like, those are two guys I remember, like... And I'm growing up, like, I'm in high school but at, at the time when they're talking about them. And still, to this day, they've never really uh come through on that promise of their like top level top 10 type of prospect stature especially in the case of profar mm-hmm. i mean profar has just not been good oh, yeah. um at least was buxton a, was the number one overall pro sp- yeah. prospect and i i understand I it, like more than anything that he yeah yeah uh buxton was at least for a little bit um but the fact that aj preller went and got him like uh, that is like the least surprising thing because mm-hmm. preller was like the guy who i'm pretty sure found him because he's from Curacao. He's not from like the Dominican where like everybody would know yeah. where he was or Venezuela where like all big baseball town. Like he's from freaking Curacao. There is like basically nobody. I think there's maybe two other big <laughs> leaguers that are from there. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember who else it was, but like he found him and scouted him and Preller, like, like, you know, Preller has always been a guy who like will go find some like 15 year old kid who like has this crazy upside and like, a lot of times, like maybe they won't get there, but like he is a big dreamer on the high upside, like yeah. high ceiling, low floor kids. I, I'm a sucker for him too, and mm-hmm. like I don't blame him for like reaching for the moon because he's got Tatis, and uh, like that has worked out. So like you get like one or two of those guys to work out, and like you never stop dreaming on them. So like mm-hmm. I totally get him. Also, the Padres are now becoming like Rangers West. Because they've got Jace Tingler, who's a former Ranger, um, <laughs> yep. as their manager, and AJ Preller as their GM, and now Jerks and Profar, who will always be a Ranger in my heart. But um, he, uh, speaking, uh, oh you man. want to talk about your take on on Profar? Yeah, the just the quick thing, like I said, his defense hasn't been great. The bat has been atrocious. The two homers he has on the year feel like empty stats. They came when we are already up or we were already down by too much. Um, and I just this was mean, but I described him a while ago as the most entertaining out on the Padres right now. <laughs> like it's it's no. really cruel. It's really cruel. But like the way he like whenever there's a pitch that's inside, he ducks out of the way like someone shot a cannon at him. Uh, like I do enjoy watching him play. He's clearly got this really affable uh, kind of personality. Really, it's it's he's fun. Like I am rooting for him. This isn't a guy like someone on your team that we'll get into in a second. I promise that's gonna we're gonna close out the podcast. Um, that I don't like. <laughs> um, and that's Renato Dor. I think. Um, so just to kind of close it, I guess to to bring everything full circle. I think. Um, the the Profar thing. I wouldn't be surprised if 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 it wasn't for the injury of Fam. I think that the Profar thing could be done. I mean, Cronenworth has been the actual 
kind of guy in the infield that's been the kind of the great. I mean, he's even making good plays at first base even. So, and he's officially played every position in the infield, including short and third. Um, Cronenworth's been what I think we wanted a little bit from Profar, and we just haven't got that. He looks like an overpay at the 5.7 mil that he's getting in arbitration. Uh, he he hasn't been good, man. I'm sorry to say it. I'm really sorry to say it. He hasn't been good. Um, it hurts. And Tatis has been heart. great, but yeah. So, like, don't get me wrong. Like, we're not suffering in terms of the infield too much, but the second base thing uh, is kind of been bad. So, yeah, I think uh, Profar, he hasn't been very good. We'll see how he kind of can play if he plays in the series. It'd be nice to see him uh, do better because he is so likable. And, you know, he's got his little Rangers ties. Maybe, hey, maybe he'll do better against this former former team so i i guess maybe Gosh, i, I believe really in that stuff so. right it'd be fun i, I, I guess i do i don't <laughs> um, i don't really he's that t- type of guy and cut guys that about does it for the interview section of the podcast because we're not done as promised i'm gonna give you a couple of my thoughts a little little kind of rapid fire kind of things i've got about four ish five ish things that i want to say first of all i wanted to talk about tonight's game which is chris paddock versus lance lynn got that wrong on the podcast i remember we were talking about how we were looking so forward to the lament uh lynn matchup that would be one of those that like kind of secretly like an ace uh, pitcher's duel kind of matchup just and it's kind of unexpected especially for both teams because I think the Rangers their ace was expected going into the air was supposed to be uh, sorry about that noise there was supposed to be Corey Kluber and then ours was supposed to be Chris Paddock but still uh, we'll, we'll see what happens it's Lance Lynn versus Chris Paddock I talked about it before I've talked about it enough bottom line is I think it's as simple as just having to have a little bit more trust in his curveball and we've got to hope. Now, this part doesn't have to do with him uh, as much as we got to hope that teams just haven't caught on to the fastball changeup, or at least his changeup. I haven't looked up exactly the numbers on it, but I think that bottom line is hitters aren't necessarily being fooled by it as much as they have been before. On top of his lack of location on the fastball, it's just been very, uh, it just hasn't been as dominant as it was last year, right? I know everyone brings up that that whip that was under one. Bottom line is this, though. We've seen sophomore slumps before, so I'm not going to freak out. But I would say this, though, and I think this might sound hyperbolic, but still, I'm going to say it. I think that up to this point, this is the most important starting performance from a Padres pitcher tonight. If he gets roughed up again, there's going to be some discussions, and it's going to be a big concern on this team's kind of chances to make the postseason and just how far they make it in the postseason if it turns out that Paddock isn't as good as we maybe thought for this year, for this year, I'm not saying for the rest of his career, we don't know. One thing for sure we do know is the guy just doesn't walk anybody. That, that's that's just that's just for sure, right? But it's not always for sure. And just because you don't walk everybody doesn't mean he can't give up a lot of runs. Look at Phil Hughes. Phil Hughes that had that one great season with Minnesota, actually. I know this isn't the most prime example people think of when they think of control guys, but Phil Hughes, he was like a borderline all-star, I think, one year, and he only walked like seven guys. It was some crazy, crazy number like that. And then the following year, I guess people caught on to the fact that he's not walking anybody and that his whip was super low and all this stuff, right? And then they just clobbered him, and then he was basically out of the league. Shout-out to Phil Hughes, though. Really fun follow on uh, Twitter. Um, Anyways, that's enough of that, though. Really looking forward to the game. Going to be tweeting a lot during it too for sure uh very excited for the game and then the second thing i want to talk about is francisco mejia i have officially uh, abandoned the campaign the reyes mejia campaign is at an end because he got hurt and luis torres is replacing him and hedges has been kind of okay offensively lately so i can't really say that i could stand by my take as much as i usually do but i do think that 
Um, it's it's still sad to see, and I hope that this guy, it's not his last chance. I don't think it's going to be his last chance. Maybe the last chance for him on the Padres this season. We don't know if he's going to get back close enough to, I mean, he might come back like in a couple weeks. We'll see what happens, but I can see, poten- I mean, especially if Turins starts doing something uh, for the team, I can see that maybe they're just going to trust Hedges even more, but still, we'll see what happens on that front. I do officially abandon the campaign, but I don't abandon my take. I do stand by what I said, which is that I think they should have given Mejia a lot more time than they did. Maybe give Hedges one one catching appearance and then just see what the upside with Mejia was. But anyway, I've repeated myself too much on that fact. Moving on to the third thing, which is yesterday's game. Just talking about three uh, separate things from the game. I know this is a little bit weird. This is kind of like a, a 3A, 3B, 3C of points I wanted to make. But first of all, Will Myers Grand Slam. Great to see that from Will Myers. We really aren't talking enough about about Myers this year. I know he still strikes out a lot, which isn't great, but bottom line is that when he hits the ball, it's going far, man. And there's plenty of other guys that we expected to be those home run type of clockers this year that strike out a lot, but they at least had a lot of home runs, like Miguel Sano, for example, and they haven't been doing anything. So Myers, he's like a low-key, I'm not saying MVP candidate, but he's an MVP candidate for the team for sure. I mean, he's just been consistent. You know, and he gives us hits when we need them too. And that that means a lot that he gets hits when we need them, right? And especially after what happened with the Tatis thing, it was great for him to hit another grand slam in that early stages of the game to be like, yeah, did that one count? Is that all right for you guys? Are you going to throw a fit over that one, right? Of course they're not. Uh, it was really great to see. So shout out to Will Myers. Been a low-key great player for the team this season. And I think one of the biggest things is that he's still, despite the strikeouts, is able to get a walkout every now and then, which has results in his on-base that's over 360 right now. So shout out to him. There was a Machado great play that we love to see uh, that was out in right field, which was absolutely bonkers and kind of got overshadowed by the Tatis discussion today. Um or I should say yesterday, but still really great play. But he did make an error that I don't think people were talking about. A very routine error, kind of trying to grab the ball from his glove and throw to second base to turn the double play. Thankfully, they didn't end up scoring that inning. But still, Machado, my guy, it's just you can't be seeing those mistakes. And it's not like this is the only mistake he's made this year. There's plenty of things that we can point back to where we're like, yeah, Machado should have made that play. You know what I mean? So hopefully he can kind of improve there. The defense is one of the bigger reasons why you signed Machado to that big contract. Potential Hall of Fame type of glove, especially when you look at those like first three seasons of Baltimore. You know, I know that he wasn't as great when he was playing shortstop, but he's playing third. We have Tatis at shortstop, so he should be great. Uh, but anyways, Machado's got to step up. And then lastly, want to say this about Tatis. Love seeing him steal third on Jabot, however you say his name, who was, was actually given a suspension by MLB for three games. And Woodward was also given a one-game ban. He served that actually yesterday, so he's back uh, presumably for tonight. Uh, I love seeing the steal from Tatis, but most importantly... Aside from the fact the kid just didn't back down there, which was great. And I actually thought he was out, by the way. I thought he was out. I thought he tagged him, but whatever. Bottom line is this. I think that yesterday, as someone who's been paying attention to this unwritten rules thing and who has connected it to, yes, race and cultural-related things, I think, in baseball, as someone who's been following this for a while, yesterday's outpouring of support for Tatis, both with players and retired players and media people and media people who aren't even in baseball— I think that it was without a doubt the biggest support I'd seen, the biggest discussion I'd see on, on I'd seen on unwritten rules when it comes to mainstream media, media and just overall discussion. And I think that is such a great sign. So if there is a silver lining, 
it's this only made Tatis potentially super more famous than he already was becoming. And I think it really shows people, yeah, we got to get this out. And I like that MLB. While they didn't take a grand ultra stand on this because, you know, short in season, he can't be ejecting guys quite as long. Uh, even though I've been of the belief that Hunter Strickland years ago, I would have been like, you're gone for 35 games. You know what I mean? Like, you're just gone. Sorry. They could still pay you and stuff, but you're gone. You know what I mean? Like, you're gone. Like, this is just ridiculous, right? Uh, we got to stop with the unwritten rules. And I think that everyone talking about it yesterday made a really big impact, and everyone's going to be watching now. And especially Tatis, because Tatis ain't going to stop. He stole third yesterday of six runs, right? So Tatis is not going to stop. And I love that about him, and we should all love that about him. So, but I, in, in an effort to not uh, talk about this topic too much, uh, we'll see how it unfolds, of course, and see if the Rangers do anything stupid again, which I doubt they will. The whole spotlight is on them right now. I do want to say, um, you know, don't want to over, don't want to talk about this too much. I feel like sometimes this happens in media where we all keep basically shouting the same things at each other, more or less, because I think we were all in agreement after yesterday. Unless you're like Tony Kornheiser, who had a terrible take on PTI the other day. So, uh, without. All being said, guys, can't wait for tonight's game. Going to tweet a whole bunch about it. And then going to also do a little mini recap as I do part three of the Rangers pod tomorrow with Bryce. Uh, we, we talk kind of like about some some fun stories and we get into Rudetta Dor, who's a player that I associate. I didn't phrase it quite perfectly on the podcast with him, but I associate a hatred with him for the moment that he was involved in with Jose Batista. We kind of go through a mini oral history on that whole fight and whatever that broke out. And it's really fun. So look forward to that guys. As long as along with some other Rangers Padres talk, but with all that being said, that's enough. That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever. And if you guys would like, go send me some nice reviews on iTunes. That would be really appreciated. It would make my ego, even though it is already through the roof and through the mountaintops, it would keep it really nice and in check and great. So please do that for me, guys. I would greatly appreciate it. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friday Faithful homies, take care.